All right, we're back with the Builders and Benefactors podcast. I'm the stand-in co-host today because <laughs> Janae and Demetric are somewhere at South by Southwest and we can't find them. <laughs> Excited to um, host this podcast brought to you by Living Cities and Opportunity Hub. We have some incredible uh, guests with us today and we'll be having um, a brief conversation about inclusive ecosystem building at the intersection of racial equity, philanthropy, and funding. It sounds like a follow-up to an amazing South By panel that was held earlier today. We're here on the ground at South By Southwest, and this podcast is also a part of the HBCU at South By Southwest initiative as well. So we'll start to my right and have our guests begin to introduce themselves. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, my name is Katerina Schwab, co-founder and co-CEO of NPX. Uh, we have a big vision to transform how the world funds impact. Welcome. Thank you. And I'm Ben Heck, president and CEO of Living Cities. Welcome. Thank you. Dale Gines, Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, Omaha branch. There you go. Omaha branch. Had to get to Omaha. <laughs> well, I think I did that on the panel. Very good. Well, welcome to all of you. And let's jump right in. There's a lot of talk everywhere about inclusion. Mm-hmm. And Ben, in particular, I appreciate what you are doing at Living Cities because you are pretty bold about talking about racial equity. And when you talk about racial equity, which is, you know, an economic construct that you can, you know, people can get their head around, inadvertently you have to have the conversation about race and racism and just the history of it in this country, you know, Mm -hmm. past and and present. You know, outside of just the morality of it, you know, and and just understanding it, how does it play into the work that you do in actually looking at shaping kind of funding models for inclusive ecosystem building? Yeah, so I think it it shows up in a number of different ways. One of them is... um, it's almost like a, a prerequisite, which is I think people have to actually understand the disparities that are currently currently exist and how the current system don't actually serve this huge population. You know, so we've done some work with um, uh, Gallup and Gallup actually has done uh, figured out what are the qualities that entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs have. And they've actually brought it, gotten it down to a science sure. and um, turns out they can actually identify people that have those qualities. And those people are, cannot be identified pre, uh, without, uh, before the tests as black, white, rich, poor, urban, rural. You have the qualities regardless of who you are, where you live. Okay. What you don't have are the opportunities. And I think right. people don't, mm-hmm. A, accept and understand that those qualities exist throughout our population. Um, and But the systems that currently exist don't serve such a huge swath of that. And I think what we're trying to uh, do is make sure, A, people understand the realities, and B, we start to change those systems so they actually can serve the people. If people don't see it, they can't fix it. But if they see it and don't fix it, it doesn't matter. That's, uh, that, that provides incredible context, uh, which leads me to um, you, Dale, because of the work you're doing at the Federal Reserve Bank um, in, in Omaha and also in, you know, in, in Kansas as well. Um, we're working uh, on a guide uh, together around inclusive ecosystem 
building around entrepreneurship for communities of color and engaging with you know the philanthropic world and folks like Ben and what they're doing how do the worlds intersect from your perspective just given you know the work that you're doing and now the work that we're doing yeah um, so from our department you know the community development department was designed to address back in the 70s the redlining issues that brought about the CRA Act, Community Reinvestment Act. And of course we morph now, and so a lot of the work we do is distressed communities or low to moderate income community focus. Um, and so within that, we work with a lot of you know providers, philanthrop- philanthropy, and others trying to create solutions to some of these challenges. Um, I think where we're fortunate at the KC Fed is we've been given a broad brush by which to address some of these concerns and engage a lot of multiple stakeholders um, in ways that I'm not really sure other federal bank mm-hmm. reserve banks do um, and as a result of this you know obviously the partnership with you and the work we've been doing the past couple of years to kind of expand this issue so really as a neutral convener um, we have the ability to bring people to the table yep. that would probably not normally be in that room mm-hmm. and to give them a, a safe space and an opportunity to figure out how do we collaborate to solve these issues in a much more uh, holistic fashion than let's say somebody that's just your local nonprofit would have. Mm -hmm. And so usually our bully pulpit of of being able to say, you know, like one of the mantras that we use is that economic growth should be for all. Mm -hmm. And then the question obviously becomes, how do you get there? And I think that's where a lot of the deep conversations we can have around race, you know, the structure of the economy, ecosystem building, and how do we bring this innov- these innovative development practices to local communities? I mean, what's so important sure. about the Fed taking a stand like that is that the legitimacy mm-hmm. of the issue is raised dramatically. It's not a political issue. It's not a left and right issue. It's an economic issue. And, right. Yeah, and, and, and to that point, I mean, we have a wonderful president, um, Esther George, and she's committed to this kind of work. And most people don't know, but every year we convene in Wyoming at Jackson Hole, some of the central banking leaders across the globe. Um, And one of the things they identified back, I believe, in 2017 as a global economic challenge that needed to be corrected was business dynamism. Mm -hmm. You know, the birth and death of firms and how it's declining, not just in the United States, but around the globe. And to me, obviously, I'm biased because we work so diligently in this ecosystem Mm -hmm. building space. But to me, the ecosystem models, these models of hyper-collaboration, connectivity, pumping capital in, talent development, is the key to, to, to addressing a lot of these concerns. And because of the shift in the United States and demographics, the only way you can yep. focus on it with thinking of a long-run economic solution has to be diverse inclusion. Yep. And yep. what mm-hmm. Rodney has diligently beat into my yep. head, <laughs> racial wealth equity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. That's, that's, you know... It, that gets me thinking about just you know what is required to you know achieve these ecosystems and and to your point and i I don't you know you meet good people and say i want to work with you right Mm -hmm. and you don't work with everybody and then you choose to work with them and dale have uh, and i've been developing this relationship about three years now and Dale's like let's work on something right Mm -hmm. you know coming out of the the startup the tech and the venture world i'm not automatically just running to work with the feds right Right. it's like it's (laughs) all i mean this is all above you know this is all above but at the same time you think it's like a long cycle for partnerships and it takes a long time where in our world it's like you know and and I had to kind of step back and say the long game is going to require yes. that legitimacy, particularly if we want um, these influencers 
across the stack, right, to be able to say, you know what, I might not understand the nuances of what you're talking about. Like inclusion for me, I've got blinders. Startups, I've got blinders. Ventures, I've got blinders. Ecosystem, I've got blinders. All I know is that it spits out a job and it (laughs) creates a new company and that company pays taxes. And so I'm incredibly appreciative of, you know, your diligence, your follow-up, and actually the work that we'll be announcing on the guide, which will be out in a month month or so um, as well. Um, I'm going to pivot to you, Katarina, because it seems like you've come full circle from the financial services world, uh, helping to run, you know, institutional funds and being in the virtual world at like the highest levels that fund, you know, the high growth companies that, you know, or the fund the funds that fund the startups, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of sort of makes its way down. Mm -hmm. And more, you know, now than ever, it's it's, it's definitely making its way um, to women. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's still mostly white women. Mm -hmm. It's benefiting, but it's now making its way to women of color Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And we see these outliers. And I Mm -hmm. think what we were talking about earlier is the outliers are great. They make great news and they're great inspiration. And one person, you know, yes. let's let's make the next one. But how do we create the ten thousands of them? Mm-hmm. And at one point, I used to think that it's only going to be the models I knew. Right. You know, you have an idea, you solve a problem, you get someone to pay for it, you prove it out, and then you go get capital mm-hmm. and then you keep getting capital and you get two things either capital or customers you know mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. fail for two reasons mm-hmm. they either don't get customers or they don't get mm-hmm. capital mm-hmm. and then when i put the lens of race and culture on it i'm like you know what that model is just not going to work right. totally right. in this community yeah. and so what i think is interesting is you're bringing all of that experience now into the philanthropic world with an innovative platform that I'd like you to talk a little bit about and then apply it to how it could help ecosystem building from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're a for-profit company now, yes. so we're actively, we're, we're raising a round of trying to access capital ourselves and trying to secure customers. So I agree with you, it's a lot about capital and customers. but. Uh, and you're right. I started my career in investment banking and venture capital, and then quite randomly ended up as the uh, head of development on the West Coast for a global nonprofit called Build On. And it's where okay. that's where I experienced firsthand how difficult it is to raise capital. And I was pretty lucky. I'd been living in the community. I was in San Francisco. Had been there for a while. I had a network. I could. I could get 500 people to our annual gala, but I really, after doing it the first year, I was like, wait a minute. Is, is this how I'm going to raise capital? Is it all based on who I know and my access and not our impact? Or is it based on like how much wine I'm serving that night and how people feel and not actually, you know, connecting to a good time, but not actually connecting to the impact, even though that's all the every single person at Build On was there for the impact. Mm-hmm. And so um, really fortunate to meet Lindsay Beck, my uh, co-founder and co-CEO who'd been working on this at Wharton and developing this new model, uh, new financial product called the Impact Security, which allow, which is really trying to democratize access to capital for all nonprofits. So not just the ones that have been in the community for a long time or no people or uh, no higher powered people. So um, it's allowing 
nonprofits to raise money based on their impact. And so we launched the first impact security last year for a nonprofit called The Last Mile, which yes. is teaching coding inside prisons. Their recidivism rate is 0% because the guys are learning how to code. They're actually now that this uh, impact security was used to raise funds for the first ever web development shop. So instead of all the tech companies outsourcing overseas, they're now outsourcing to San Quentin where they're doing getting paid for their work. And so now they're going up for parole. They have a portfolio of work. They're getting out. They're getting jobs. Wow. So the last mile was going down the path of, of doing their first gala and already kind of pulling their hair out and trying to figure out all the logistics and knowing that it was going to be a high cost of capital. The average cost of capital for nonprofits is about 20% across all the different types of ways versus for-profit is 5 to 10%. And so we're try- our, one of our main goals is to try to reduce that cost of capital. So um, how the impact security works is a debt security. Uh, the nonprofit issues debt to investors and that and investors buy the debt. They invest on day one. And and over time, as impact is uh, achieved, it's measured by an outside auditor. Uh, that debt is repaid by donors. And so, um, so really, the th- our three constituents we're allowing now nonprofits to raise more money over longer timelines focused on impact. Right. We're really changing the paradigm um, of for donors diligence, donate, and hope for impact to now diligence, measure impact, and then donate. And it's the investors, obviously, then people say, well, if they're not donating in, until it works, who's who's giving that upfront capital? And that's the investors. They're taking the risk capital. It's an impact investing product, which nonprofits have largely been left out of uh, impact investing that allows investors to invest in a nonprofit and potentially earn a double bottom line. So wow. everyone's happy. <laughs> wow. It, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, if you look at just the innovation and you know i think i mean innovation like i guess in its purest sense is good right to, to build something from nothing and create something that didn't exist yeah. but i also think there's a lot of things coming out kind of the bubbles yeah that yeah. it's like it's a just kind of like okay oh cool that's great to have yeah but not got to have right, right? Yeah. great to have and got yeah. to have is and like how much of innovation that's actually applied to the hardest problems we have right. is questionable yeah yeah you know yeah. and 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 i think what's exciting about what you're what you're building is can we get to a point where you don't get your money back until all of the pieces of the ecosystem work mm-hmm. right. not just mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Yeah. you know cuz it's like part, part to me having been a quote unquote social entrepreneur I'm a reformed social entrepreneur because what I realized is I, I, I was really, really good at one really small part yeah. of, a, of a big puzzle. And, and it's actually the whole puzzle that has to get done mm-hmm. if you were actually going to see. I mean, that is what system changes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so to some extent, the small piece makes you feel good, but it actually is not fundamentally changing the system. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so can we actually tie that together and actually say, no, you're all connected. I mean, that is one of the values yeah. of the yeah. of the social impact bonds is like we were, which we've invested in five of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and they have their flaws, but everyone along the system sure. has to actually be at the table because they all have to act, change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that really is the key in my mind, the key to get to where we want to get on racial equity. Mm-hmm. No one player can get there. Yeah. And that's, actually been the most exciting part of our work is that we haven't met someone yet who isn't a potential partner. And so from the the people, you know, we have been 
after doing the first impact security, now we're really moving to creating funds, donor impact funds. And we've been taking it on the road because there's a lot of interest in Denver and Tulsa and Atlanta where uh, I met Rodney. Can I make a bold statement, Rodney? And sure. And again, these views are mine. They do not necessarily mm-hmm. represent the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City and <laughs> yeah. the Revenue Board System. I don't think communities know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the importance of ecosystem building yeah. is e- e- ecosystem building is a new way form of development that really disrupts some of the old ways of doing economic development. And when applied to the to the communities in which we're trying to mm-hmm. serve, it's something that people struggle to wrap their head around, which is why we're, we're not we're still in the diffusion of innovation, yeah. you know, the diffusion yeah. curve. Right. And we're still in very early adopters and innovators. We, we haven't jumped over that. But the, it, it's pretty clear to me and probably to you and those of you who have been in yeah. this space, the way we're doing things is not working. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the, this kind of innovation, you know, that we're trying to put out into the marketplace that to date has really been narrowly, you know, structured around um, predominant white males and startup mm-hmm. villages and cultures right. um, needs to be moved into the the people of color space yeah. mm-hmm. because this fa- the, the nation was founded on you know creating capital utilizing people and developing economic growth through the capitalist process and we still talk a lot about how to address the concerns of people of color economic mobility through purely social means right and you know, kind of my mission over the past seven years has been to disrupt that way of thinking that the ownership stake has to come yeah. from the people that are there. You mm-hmm. only decentralize wealth and increase wealth mobility by being able to diversify the production of wealth. Right. Mm-hmm. And the best yeah. way to do that is through building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I think of it as a new normal. Right. right. Th- that we had a system that worked fine. In fact, it worked really well in the 20th century for the population we had in the 20th century. And we need a new normal mm-hmm. for the new population. It's not good mm-hmm. or bad, it's just new. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but what it requires is that people, like A, you have to acknowledge mm-hmm. why the current system doesn't work mm-hmm. for the new majority. Mm-hmm. And whether you wanna uh, focus on whether it was caused, what it was caused by, racism or otherwise, what, you, don't, you don't have to a- agree on all that, but you have to agree it doesn't work. You know, <laughs> right, right. And so, I mean, the data tells why doesn't so, matter, right? Yeah. To some extent, doesn't matter. But you do have to build a new system with an intentionality to serve a a, a, a population. And if that, po- and if you have to start a company with friends and family money, mm-hmm. and we have a huge population whose friends and family have no money and wealth, mm-hmm. right. in large part due to can, public policy can, choices, mm-hmm. yeah. Then, mm-hmm. then we have to say we need something can, can, new. Can I give you a prime example? Yeah. So we released the Black Women's Startups Report last year, and we've been we've going around the nation talking about that. And one of the things I show in there is that black women and white women, both uh, 50% of each of those business new business owners use you know family and friend wealth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, think about the differences. I mean, I, mm-hmm. if if the I think you were talking yesterday, Rodney, that. The projected wealth of the the average median wealth brown, gap median. by twenty fifty three so, will be so, zero. So yeah, they're just they're starting all of these companies, but they're starting using friends and family money that is not there. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. A, versus a, 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 a non woman yeah. of color. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I even think about the founders that reach out to us and say, "Hey, we're coming to South by Southwest, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been. Uh, fortunate enough and you know I, it's, it's amazing how no matter the background 
how you can move between privilege and non-privilege mm-hmm. simultaneously. Sure. And I think all people, just all humans in general, <laughs> deal with that some more than others. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it was a, it was a privilege for my wife and I to be able to book the room we wanted mm-hmm. as late as we were able to yes. do it because of how South by like even mm-hmm. the South by yeah. process sure. where they issued yeah. the badges. Right, and they, right, right. Like, yeah. If you weren't like. It's I, first class versus yeah, economy. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and getting a, a, a room two weeks before right. it occurs right. versus yep. having six months to, yep. you know. And, and, and I can tell you on the ground now, there are black founders that are here that are sleeping in cars. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's some white founders, too. Yeah. But I mean, there are poor people that yeah. have great ideas that are sleeping yeah. in cars. And some yeah. of these folks work pretty good jobs. They're yeah. very yeah. highly educated yeah. or what have you. And then you got other founders that, hey, we're starting. We got a, you know, we got an idea for an app on a napkin mm-hmm. and come to our pop up mansion yeah. and it's like we're the struggling it's contextual right yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah. a part of the story that yeah. they're telling yeah. to get yeah. the right people you know in, in in the room or what have you and so i think that even just understanding and you know mm-hmm. one of the things we're yeah. doing in the guide is like this pyramid model and we like there are certain set of founders like they show up at the my mvp you know mm-hmm. i you know i've got yeah idea MVP I'm ready to go into the accelerator ready to get seed funded right. and you got a whole bunch of folks that just aren't even exposed to this mm-hmm. way of life mm-hmm. they're discouraged from it mm-hmm. you know and then don't have the skills yet mm-hmm. soft right. and hard right. skills mm-hmm. to navigate or the it. networks or mm-hmm. yeah. I mean yeah, the networks tends to be huge. one of the yeah. biggest Absolutely. barriers yeah. Yeah. To, sure. to, to progress absolutely yeah. You know, and it's, I was thinking about the ecosystem. You know, that we we do we've done a lot of work uh, with a group called Strive Together, which is connecting mm-hmm. from cradle to career, all the mm-hmm. things you need to actually mm-hmm. have people succeed. And doing that work, we we helped to found it, uh, fund the founding of it years ago. And you know, out of the first few years, I, uh, it, but it's very much like ecosystem. It's like process needs to become the new program, because people love to fund the program. Yeah. But the program on its own, not going to get there. Right. It, and, and, but you got to fund the process of who someone said, you said, I think, hyperconnect, the hyperconnector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. If every city had one or more hyperconnectors to connect a, a, a people of entrepreneurs of color to the various um, assets that they needed, it would go huge. Mm-hmm. With, those huge ne- with those nexus mm-hmm. points, you know, I think what uh, that's kind of the brilliance of what Rodney started back when he you know, originally formed OHUB in the model, is even these spaces of connectivity that can be used to then go out and connect to others and you create mm-hmm. this ripple effect right, of right. network. Physical adjacency yeah. matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the density but, of serendipity. I was going to ask you this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was you have productized say. the process because it's a metric, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have so many thoughts, but it, you were you were saying from that for the nonprofits. I mean, it starts. It's all about access to capital, and you were saying that the nonprofits are a big part of building these ecosystems, even for for profits and nonprofits. I mean, someone said to us early on, "Well, you're more of a nonprofit business. It's all about." impact and changing the philanthropy. I, I said, I'm not going to become a nonprofit until we solve how nonprofits access capital because <laughs> yeah, they are like they, you're, they, you're no way, no way. I'm not doing that but, but they, it's, it's just impossible for, I mean, at my, my, it's a nonprofit and we were well funded, but my computer, my computer was in kind, an in kind donation. Well, when that broke, I didn't get another computer for months. I mean, right. I was lucky that I had one, but a lot of the people on the team didn't have access to that. So, I mean, that's crazy yeah. that you can't do your, like the, the bootstrapping mentality of nonprofits and funders right. not wanting to pay for anything but 
the, the program, program. Yeah. and not having a strategic mm-hmm. layer. And that's the beauty of the impact security. And I was making I mean, it's people laugh when I say this, but when we at, we ask the nonprofit three questions, we say, how much money do you need over how much time to achieve what impact? They always ask how much money is available because they're no one. They've always had to back in. They've never they rarely get the chance to just sit down and think, how much do I really sure. need to yeah. like hire the top team? Yeah. The, and so it's been really exciting to go through that process with the nonprofits. We did decide our first deal, the nonprofit was our client. And so we essentially had to do a double raise of both the donor and the mm-hmm. investor capital. Oh, that, wow. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you need the donor capital first. I mean, you need the donor pledge first because the investors right. need to know how they're going to get <laughs> yeah. repaid. Yeah. And interestingly, the investors are lined up around the nonprofits are lined up around the block. They're camp, it's like a new tool in their development toolbox. Investors, it's a shiny new toy. So they're lined up. But for donors who actually have the sweetest seat of only paying for success, it's a change of behavior. And right. so it's taken longer. So now that's why really we've shifted to, okay, let's start with the donor, secure the capital and have it be a large like a hundred million dollar fund and then make sure though that it's not the nonprofit darlings the ones that are well connected right. that are getting those funds like to do a really um an exhaustive you know have the process to find and really and have the people on the ground um and identify those leaders you know a diverse group of people who aren't going to just be looking um to fund you know people who look like them or mm-hmm. who they've known sure. forever so sure. we're really yeah. that i mean that's going to take yeah. diligence on our part too to make sure that we keep doing that and so people are happy to know that we can, we both have for profit and nonprofit but we're we're doing this for the nonprofits mm-hmm. sure. because we Lindsay uh, was executive director of a nonprofit for 10 years mm-hmm. so i mean we're similar i mean we've been you know hacking the funding model of ecosystem building for 7 years so even mm-hmm. with a lot of the mentees that we convene um, at you know at the Fed who are getting in it because it's like they mm-hmm. they want to be in the space. We know what works and what doesn't work. Like we we either fix it, we broke it, and we rebuilt mm-hmm. it. And the unique thing about our you know we were just fortunate enough you know having been entrepreneurs who've had success, we're able to fund it to right. figure it out. Right, right, right. And then you're you know, the friends and family. Right, we were yeah. our own yeah. friends and family. Yeah. Hey, we were our own seed round. Yeah, right? exactly. We closed our own seed round because yeah. I went and begged my wife. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So That's a sustainable that? model. I don't know about that. Yeah, right. Like, you bet once, bet twice after that. You need to get another job. Right? So, but like ha- hacking that model, and I was so anti nonprofit for a while because of it being broken. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I want to have a for profit business. Mm-hmm. I want to have shareholders because just because you're doing good work doesn't mean that it should mm-hmm. make money and shouldn't mm-hmm. be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have to always go back and beg, you know, to get yeah. more money every right. day just because every you day need more hustle. press release. Yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. And so. Uh, but I also have been listening and learning. I think that to really get scale with inclusive ecosystem mm-hmm. building, there has to be a duality of approaches. Mm-hmm. And so having, meeting you actually convinced us to stand up a foundation. So, like, mm-hmm. we have launched the OHA uh-huh. Foundation. Even, mm-hmm. you know, meeting you and your work, it's like you got 18 of the world's, you know, they'd rather give to a nonprofit. Right, that's right. just their right. Ma- mindset. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, nonprofits give to nonprofits, yeah. but then for profits would rather give to yeah. do business with for profits. Right. So, well, the, I mean, the, impa- the, impa- the impact yeah. investing space has largely, as I said, largely left out nonprofits funding for profit social enterprise. Well, guess what? Nonprofits and and there and we've heard a lot of impact investors say like we we know the financial return scenario we know how to model that we don't know the impact and so we're even pivoting that impact metric in our deals if we discover new things and we're like oh my, we the nonprofit sector knows impact 
they know what impact they're trying to achieve. They just don't have the capital to really shoot for the moon. Even the X Prize, it's not very many nonprofits are going for the X Prize because you need startup capital in order to do the work. No, of course, just to apply. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, and for profits have a lot of different ways to raise that capital. Nonprofits, as you know, have donations and loans. So, here's the thing: is even even the terminology that you're using is different. Like you're saying nonprofits and capital. Mm-hmm. That's not a nonprofit terminology. Mm-hmm. It's usually nonprofits and funding, mm-hmm. nonprofits and donors. Mm-hmm. So pivoting even the language within mm-hmm. the discourse mm-hmm. is an important thing. And, wh- mm-hmm. and, and the reason I like your model is because they're making an argument that as a nonprofit, I'm going to produce X. Mm-hmm. And will you fund X mm-hmm. at this amount? Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter how they structure to get to X because yeah, it's it's the, the end game, the metric mm-hmm. is agreed upon mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And that really com- coming from a non, you know, a nonprofit executive director and also as a former banker, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this and that resets the model because mm-hmm. now, you know, within the nonprofit space, oh, you can only use 25% of your funding for unrelated right. funding. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now we're saying we don't care. You yep. said you were going to produce 100 yeah, widgets. Managed to the objective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can, right. you can yeah. get there the way that you need to get there to get the funding yeah. that you need. I get excited just to you know, study financing models, uh, mostly on the venture side, mm-hmm. and now just learning how, you know, and I got excited. It was like, you know, for you, you said, well, venture is not my problem. You know, find the donors. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, I know Ben. <laughs> and I know Kevin. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hub fun, you know. Yeah. But, and I think. A new partner. <laughs> there you go. Like yeah. you say. Always, we can, always, always, right. always partnership that's, opportunities. You know, so I, I, I was just like some, some parting ways in terms of what do you think is like the next critical step for each of your respective mm-hmm. organizations or your work that are give some tr- like some true traction that you know if we came back here next year mm-hmm. and then five years and ten years mm-hmm. you'd be able to say you know remember when we were you know mm-hmm. in that podcast mm-hmm. and we said that what mm-hmm. would that thing be mm-hmm. we'll start with you yeah for us we we want to ra- we want to um launch our first donor impact fund. And so, and again, I think 100 million economic mobility in Atlanta. And so we want to do that by the end of the year, have launched a, a fund. It doesn't need to be 100 million. I think if it was 50 million, that would be a great start. And so, and then, I mean, I think five, I mean, five years, so that, so think of that one fund. It then has um, funded 10 deals. We always think about or dream about now you have an impact dashboard. So whatever the overall metric is that you're trying, if reduction in homelessness, improved student achievement, whatever that 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 main one is, and then seeing those ten different deals or doing it in different ways that you now have all that data about what has worked and what hasn't. It, it won't all work. We know that, <laughs> um, but we need to figure out what does work so we can double down on that and really just. I mean. Impact is a word that is so overused, but it is, it's a great word. We're trying to make impact in these communities. Uh, That's the end game. We're trying to make people's lives and the environment, people's lives better and improve the environment. And so uh, if in five years we have perhaps multiple funds, funds can be by geography, they can be by issue area, so we can really start unlocking. I mean, it's capital. And the second thing is unlocking impact data to know what works. And I'd say a couple things. One is that we would see an increase in the number of uh, institutional and individual uh, grant makers okay. who give money to to uh, business mm-hmm. dynamism broadly defined. Mm-hmm. 
um, the bar is low. So if we doubled it, it wouldn't be significant. <laughs> but uh, I think that, you know, the, an awareness that this is actually a, uh, an American uh, uh, crisis. Sure. And, and that the other is that we would see more and more of the capital going, literally mm-hmm. going into the hands of people mm-hmm. of color to mm-hmm. be making decisions about where the money's going to go. Mm-hmm. And that we would see it have doubled in, in five years from where wow. it is now, which probably took 20 years to get to yeah. it. Right. Good. Very good. I'm going to kind of flip the question and say, what does success look what does success look like to me in uh, a one year to five years? Okay. Um, being that my role is less of a practitioner, more as a, a advocate, mm-hmm. if you will, for you know this concept of you know racial wealth equity through you know inclusive ecosystem building. Um, the one is really getting deeper penetration across the nation mm-hmm. on the work that we're doing, you know, that would be in the guise of foundation, rallying people to that, making it a normal conversation in the the, the, the mouths of eco- economic developers and small business developers and communities of color, and also those that fund and support that work. To me, that's what our role is as the Fed as a convener and as somebody that puts out information. Mm-hmm. We got to get people to kind of jump that gap in the diffusion, you know, curve. Yep. Yep. Right. So therefore, in five years, if we can do that very well, my hope is that uh, models like Rodney's have penetrated into cities as well as those other people that are working on it and that they're known, that they're funded, that they're supported and that they're producing the kind of entrepreneurs and wealth creation that we need, even if it's very early. But we can start to see the trajectory change so that we can get to the long-run impact, mm-hmm. which is racial wealth equity. We have mm-hmm. to be able to measure that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what are we really doing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. be kind of my one-year success mm-hmm. and then five-year success. Mm-hmm. Good. Very good. Well, thank you all uh, for hanging out with us today. Thank you. <laughs> at uh, South by Southwest and HBCU at South by Southwest. Thanks to Living Cities. Thanks to Federal Reserve Bank of Omaha Branch. <laughs> <laughs> and to Katarina Swab. Mm-hmm. Um, Have a good South Fire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.